That's the whole podcast? This is the Church Mag Podcast. On this episode of the Church Mag Podcast, John Acuff. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast, and today we have a very special guest. We have John Acuff. You may have heard of him around the interwebs. A little bit of a funny story how we got John on. Uh, We decided in the back channel of Church Mag that we would kind of do a Twitter storm, and everyone agreed and was on board. We're going to tweet John Acuff on the same day and say, hey, why don't you come on the Church Mag Podcast? And that's exactly what we did. It was, it was an epic uh, idea and an epic uh, campaign. Well, actually, I, remember, I remember you guys were talking about it, and I forget what happened. I had a family thing. I was off Twitter basically the whole day, and by the time I got back on Church Mag at the end of the evening, We'd heard, but we'd heard back some positive responses from John. So I was just amazed at how quickly it worked. Yeah, I will say I, I was kind of disappointed that he responded so quickly because I was willing to go into this for the long haul of just random silly ways to get him to try to join the podcast and unfortunately he's active on social media so he quickly responded. Right, yeah. I, I was hoping that it would at least last an entire day. Best case scenario, it would last like maybe two or three days. We'd incorporate some of the readers. I mean, it would be this kind of thing. No, 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 no. Nope. That's not what happened at all. Like what, two or three hours? Yeah, that's all it took. How sad is that though? Man, what an easy conquest. I wish it had taken us longer. That's, that's how it sounds. I know it's what, what we mean, but it's it just for a second there, kind of like, huh, it sounds a little bit weird. Yeah, this is true. But, you know, I, I feel really sorry for him now because now that some people have heard this and they know how easy it is, he's going to probably have more Twitter storms. Just be nice. Yes, just be nice and have fun. Yeah. All right, guys, let's play it. We are so excited to have with us on the Church Mag podcast, John Acuff. John, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm looking forward to it. Some of the guys from the Church Mag Authors Network had the idea of sending kind of a Twitter storm to get you to come on the Church Mag podcast. John, tell us, what did you think when you suddenly had all these guys sending you messages on Twitter saying, hey, come on to the Church Mag podcast? Why didn't, I mean... Usually stuff like that, I think it's fine. Um, I think there's a lot of ways to be stupid on Twitter. Like, I, I, I don't like when somebody goes, will email me and say, or tweet me and say, hey, um, since you love Jesus, why don't you support my mission trip? And it's like, well, sir, you've offered me two options in this case. Give a stranger money on the internet or hate Jesus. And so I didn't, I didn't feel that from you guys. Like, when people pressure me that way, I'm like, forget it. Like, I'll never... Like, if you're doing that to me, who knows how you treat, you know, people, you know, like that, you're probably a dumb organization. And so I felt like your tweets were funny and interesting. And so, yeah. So whenever somebody is like that to me, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I, I like people that, that treat me that way. Yeah. The people that are asking you to either give money to their missions trip or hate Jesus are probably also the same people that had the messages on Facebook that says, you know, if you love Jesus, you will send, you will forward this on to 10 people or you love the devil. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, so no, I thought it was funny and, and good and interesting. You know, I think it's really easy to get starry eyed when it, when it comes to celebrities and we often forget that they're just regular people like anybody else. So let me ask you, John, when you hear someone say New York, that you are a New York Times bestselling author, what goes through your mind? Uh, I mean, it, it's a funny thing. Like, I guess for me, I have to try to not use it as a, so there, see, I matter. Like I've, because like, I, I did some small speaking gigs recently for free and 
you could definitely tell the audience didn't know who I was. And so I think what I have to be careful of is not going, hey, you know, by the way, you know, like to try to justify that I matter. So I think it's a really fun thing. I'd, I'd be lying if I said it doesn't create opportunity. I mean, it's created great opportunity both in my speaking fee and media and a bunch of fun stuff happens as a result. But I think that me on a personal level, I have to try to not use it as some sort of card that I matter. Um, because, you know, hopefully I matter prior to that, you know, and what any, if I didn't have, it would still matter. And so that's the thing I think I have to be careful about. You know, you're on Twitter, you love Twitter. Much of your life is tweeted or reflected in blog posts. A lot of people are reading what you have to say. How do you keep that divide between your personal life and your public life? I think, I think the the hard thing for me is that somebody one time said I wasn't nice to him and I, uh, like when they met me, I wasn't nice. And I thought, Oh man, I'm sorry. And then I asked like, well, where did we meet? Cause I honestly didn't remember. And they said that they, like we had been crossing the street at the same time and they had said hi as I walked my children across a busy intersection. And I was like, Oh my God. And I said hi back. Like, I don't, again, like what options I have there? Like one, when you said hi, I will, I hope I'm never so cocky to think that guy loves my books. Like I didn't interpret the hi as I really love your work and I blew him off. Do you know what I mean? And then like, I was also trying to not get my kids killed. And so I just, that for me was like, oh man, like I don't want, yeah, I think I have not even regional. I have like county fame where like, yeah, like there's like, there's a handful of people in my town because I worked with like a very visible guy like Dave Ramsey that, that know who I am. And I think that's fun. Um, I think the challenge is when like, I wasn't going to stop in the street and have this heart conversation with this guy. And I love stuff like that when it happens. Um, you know, I met a girl at church that was visiting and she, she works for this organization I spoke at. Um, I, I talked to a couple of people last night. They were like, Hey, uh, I love your tweets. Like I met Melinda Doolittle who was on American Idol and we, and she was like, Oh, your tweets make me laugh. Like all of that's fun. I don't, the problem with fame is that when you are famous, you don't understand you're trading every part of life for that fame. So like Justin Bieber lost access to every beach on the planet. Like, and you don't know that you don't understand you lost access to every restaurant, to every walking down the street on the sidewalk. Like, and so I, I don't know. I like life too much to go, you know what? I'll trade it all for fame. So if we see a news report about John Acuff being at a private resort, we shouldn't judge you. Yeah, I hope I never. I don't think I'll ever get there. I don't know any Christians. I mean, I think there's Christians that get there because they want to get there, but I'm good. All right. Well, let's say you're in your county at a restaurant with your family, and at some point, you know, you check your phone for whatever reason, and there is a Twitter mention of you that says something like, you know, I just had an A-cuff sighting. Do you look around the restaurant suspiciously or? Uh, Well, yeah. Like last night, somebody said we were at this event, and they had this dessert that had this like chocolate flower petal on it. And somebody was like, hey, uh, somebody tweeted, like, are we supposed to eat the petal? Like, then I'll look up then, like, is there a person watching me eat dessert? Yeah, like, that's, and that just made me laugh. And I was like, yeah, I'm about to find out. Like, that wasn't, um, but I'd rather somebody say hi. You know, like, I don't, it's weird when people, uh, it's weird when people say, hey, uh, worship's behind John today at church. Like, I'd rather you just go, like, hey, dude, you know, follow you on Twitter. And I'll go, hey, great, man. Awesome. Because otherwise, like, but again, as much as I say that, like, I've seen the lead singer of this band Better Than Ezra, like, three times um, in the last month around town, and I tweet all the time, like, just saw him again, and I've never said hi, so, like, I'm, I'm all talk, apparently, you know, like, I'm like, just come up to me, and then, like, that's not what I'm doing, so maybe I'm a hypocrite. 
for those that follow stuff Christians like and follow you on Twitter, they may just think of you as somebody who likes to just, you know, have a good time, goof off. Like really handsome, that kind of thing. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, mostly yeah. that. Huh. Because of your avatar. Sure. I mean, that's why I follow yeah, you. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, true story. It's a gift and a curse in a lot of ways. I believe it. Now, despite all that, what would you say your goal or purpose is behind stuff Christians like? Well, I think, you know, the goal has always been to clear the clutter of Christianity so that we can see the beauty of Christ. Um, And I use humor as a tool to do that. And so I guess, you know, no one's ever accused, like, atheists have never accused Christians of being too funny. Like, I think we have a long way to go before we're being too funny. So, yeah, like... It's interesting. People will try to interject serious conversations on clearly not serious posts. And I do some serious posts, but no, I just, I enjoy laughing at ourselves. Um, you know, I think it's a difference. Like today's post about the hunger games church sign. I edited out the church name because I'm not trying to attack a church. I think it's fun to laugh about that idea. And so we've got enough serious church blogs. Like I don't, I don't need another one. I mean, even from a marketing perspective, like one, like I know where my blue ocean is and it's not in Sirius, you know, there's an ocean in Sirius. That is exactly the point I was making. And you uh, were able to reiterate it in a pretty unfunny way. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you wearing goggles in your Twitter profile photo? What is, what is that? They're not goggles. What are you talking about? They look like sport goggles or something. Like your Kurt Rams is kind of sport goggles. Let me see those. Has anyone ever told you your glasses look a lot like sport goggles on the internet? No, I have Let's not. See. And now I'm going to have to change my avatar. Oh, yeah, they, they totally do. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just to, at least tell me, do they have a rubber strap in the back so when you're down low fighting on the boards... With uh, Scotty Pippen. I wish that were true. Well, dare to dream. Dare to dream. So now I'm going to have to change my avatar. Just Or just have a little sign in the bottom that says, not sport goggles. Yeah, well, I, I guess that might help. Like maybe like a little disclaimer. Yeah, I mean, I just you don't have to be selfish about it. Let us know. Or I could just use your picture. Yeah, that's fine. I think somebody, well... I mean, that obviously works. Yeah, I mean, it's worked for me. It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely worked for me. So now what does the future of John Acuff look like, you know... On the web, writing, with all these changes, and what does that look like? Man, wish I knew. Um, Everybody, like, when you change things, everybody goes, so what's next, what's next, what's next? And you feel like a loser if you don't have this, like, very succinct, like, five-step plan, but I don't know. Um, Yeah, like, you're a few years from graduating from high school, and everyone's like, what do you want to do? They're like, where are you going to college? And you're like, I'm just in 10th grade. You know, or when you're a freshman, it's like day four, and they're like, what's your major? You know, and you're like, I don't know. No, I mean, I think I'm going to keep writing. Um, I'm going to keep blogging. I've got to figure out what the purpose is of my other site, acuff.me. Because right now it's just kind of dream hustle, kind of, you know, this, this kind of random assortment of things. And I got to, I was working, I was working with a friend the other day to help him. And I was like, well, who are your personas? You know, like who are the people you're creating this stuff for? And I realized like, I don't have that. So yeah. So I think, you know, and I'll, I'll do books again eventually. Um, you know, maybe in, maybe in 15, you know, I'll release another book. I think, you know, the, the lead on books is so long that like it'd be impossible to do a big, good one. Jenny, my wife is releasing a book in the spring, um, probably in April or May. Um, so yeah, so I'll work on that stuff. What's it been like to have her come onto the Twitter scene? It's been good. I mean, she's blowing up. She's, you know, her, her name is Jenny Acuff, J E N N Y A C U F F. And she's got almost like 3000 people in the first week. So the, the reality is if you've read my books in all honesty, a lot of the ideas are, and then Jenny said, you know, and, and I think that people 
have eventually been like, how about she just directly says? And so I, I think that it makes complete sense that she, you know, come on. She's not a super public person in the sense of there's no way she'll be tweeting to the degree I am. And she's not a writer. She'd never say that. I don't know. She, she likes it. And she, you know, it's funny. She's still like giving me ideas to tweet. I'm like, why don't you tweet that? And she's like, oh, oh yeah. But I think that there's a whole other side to what we're trying. And she's, she's really my writing partner. And we've kind of realized that um, in, a, in a more official way. And so it's fun to have her, you know, voice on there. That's awesome. John, tell us in closing here what you would say to all those Christians out there, whether they be on Twitter, Google+, Facebook, blogging, wherever they may be out there on the web. What would you say to them to help them become more effective communicators? Sure. No, I think, I think that's great. Um, and I was thinking about that recently because there's, there's some religions that are very well organized online. Um, and they are so supportive and they encourage and they've really got a great network. And then there's Christians and we, we fight each other. Like while other religions are growing platforms, we're going, you didn't mention God enough in that blog post, you know, which like my argument is always back. Like, well, then you would have hated the prodigal son parable because God is intentional. It's like you would have hated most of the parables I got in Jesus taught. Um, so I guess, you know, the things I'd say is figure out what you want to write about and then try it. And then, and you know how it is like as a writer, you don't know your voice until you use it. And so like the challenging thing is I think a lot of times when I sit there and go, okay, I'm going to have a voice. Like eventually I'll have a voice and you just like, I won't write until I have a voice. And then your voice is like, well, I ain't showing up until you write, you know? And so that's what I would say is like, get out there, start writing. And the other thing I'd say is don't, don't accept the lie that the only way to have a presence is you have to be a writer. I mean, a lot of people that I say, you should get a blog and they go, well, I hate writing. Well, well, great, man. Like do a video, do, you know, maybe your blog is just a daily collection or a weekly collection, even of the things that interest you, you know, and it's, here's the links I'm really excited about. So the other thing I'd say is every person on the planet needs their URL. Like that is critical. You know, in five years, people are going to ask about that when you go to a job interview. Like, what's what's your blog? That's just, that's happening. That's coming. And I mean, so many people are like, ah, I don't need to be on the internet. I think, oh man, you're missing it. Like there's, so I'd I'd encourage people to do it. Um, I think it's just so fun. Like, and I think, you know, if you've got a spouse, have them speak into what you tweet. And I wrote a post this week about take arguments offline. If you disagree with some Christian, and I think we should disagree. So I'm not saying everybody has the same thought, like, but I just, I see people that do that. Or I see Christians that use issues for traffic when they, they don't care about the issue. They're not connected to the issue. Um, or they use celebrities for traffic. And I have to be really careful about that. But to me, like, the internet is just so fun. Like last night we went to this blood water mission, um, red tide gala. And they said that jewel was going to be there. Remember jewel. So when I was in college, like she was everybody's crush. Like you were meant for me that like me and my friend Stu, my roommate, we watched that video like a bajillion times. And, um, uh, she was at the event last night and I didn't meet her. But I saw her tweet that she was going to be there. And so I tagged her and was like, hey, uh, you know, can't wait to see Jewel. You know, they'll probably ask me to sing a duet with her. And at the end of the night, she, she retweeted and added, I kept waiting. And I was like, my co- the college me's head blew up. Like, it just exploded. And like, that's fun. You know, like, that's the fun part of connecting to the internet is that, I don't know, in some ways, it's this great leveler in that there aren't any celebrities on the internet. We all get to interact. Like, how am I, you know, in college when social media doesn't exist, how is Jewel saying anything to me? 
like either I'm crazy and she said it over the TV um, or like, what is she like? She's handwriting me a letter and going, Hey, dear fan, I know you make funny jokes about doing a duet. I kept waiting. And so like, it's just, there's so much fun to be had. And so people are accessible. Like the pastors you love are accessible. Uh, Matt Chandler, who, you know, these pe- people that you like to listen to are, are there. And I just think, so I'd encourage people to have fun with it. I think that's one of the big misses of parenting is that we teach the scary side to our kids, not the fun side. You guys connected with me. Like you, you guys are like, Hey, let's hang out. You know, and that was fun. Like, and I wasn't like, well, here's the 42nd step process that you like. It was just like, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do it. You know, it's a great, it's a great chance to connect with people you never have access to. Um, and I, you know, again, I don't know how people said you can do, you can be anything you want in like the 1980s. Cause that was a lie. Now, like you legitimately can be a lot of things. So, I mean, it's just, I'm having a blast with it. I think, how old are you, Eric? 37. Me too. That is a fantastic age. Congratulations. And like, but guys like us are in this weird middle. We're old enough to know it matters, but we didn't grow up with it, dude. Like you and I, I always tell people like our age, we have to be active unlearners. Like we got to unlearn some old way of doing things. And like you meet a 22 year old and that's why you're the same as me and that you stay connected to the younger generation. Cause like they're doing things that it wasn't my first or fifth thought, but it was their first or fifth thought. Cause they're like, no, you have access to all the information forever for free. And you're like, I, I forgot about, I was going to look it up and like the phone book. Yeah. I was going to find it online and then print it out. Yeah. Like I was going to type Google in the Google search bar in the upper right side of my brow, you know, like it's stuff like that. And man, these guys like, so that's what, that's what's fun to me. And, and we're not, I think people, I'd say too, that don't forget it's not done. Like we're, we barely started with what can be done. So it's a, it's an exciting time to be alive. I hope a lot of other Christians will, will go. I don't have to be perfect at it. I don't have to be amazing, but I need to be part of the conversation. You know, let me jump in in my, in my own way, you know, with my, with my, you know, with my own ability. Um, so that's what I hope people would do. And I, I think that, you know, again, without, without social media, I don't have a book. I don't have a platform, you know, um, I mean, a cubicle probably grumpy. No, it's true. It's true. And, you know, you, you see all these blog posts about, you know, SEO tips. And if you do A, B, and C, then X, Y, and Z will happen. And the truth of the matter is, is that as my wife always tells me, the cream will rise to the top. Yeah, talent, talent still matters. And, you know, and, and you got to stay in the game long enough for it to... The cream rises to the top, but it takes time. Yes, certainly. You know, I was I was talking to someone about, you know, why they were getting it, more web traffic. And they said, you know, I started a blog. You said start a blog. I started a blog. And then I went to the blog, and there were like nine blog posts. Yeah. And they're like, I'm thinking about quitting blogging. You're like, really? Because you've done it for like 15 minutes. No, I, and I get it. I mean, we want... Social media offers some shortcuts, but there's still, you still have to take the long way a lot of it, a lot of the time. And so, you know, if people were like, how do I get 3000 blog Twitter followers, like your wife in a week, I, I want to be like, well, you have a New York times bestselling author talk about her for five years. So that's the first step. You know, like I think some of that, we try to recreate things that were unique, but again, for me, like the reason I got to work with Dave Ramsey, which was a huge opportunity is because they read my blog. Like they found me online. And so when I say, like, if you'll hustle online, things can happen, it's, it's because they happen in my own life. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt, I got that opportunity because of, of the Internet, you know. And then out of that, I got a lot of other opportunities that 
were not done on, you know, the merit of me being awesome. Like they are done on the merit of me being in a relationship with people that believed in me. So, and that is awesome. Indeed. Indeed. John, thank you for the time. Thank you for being on the Church Mag podcast. You are almost as cool in person as you are online. I probably wouldn't talk to you in the middle of the street, though. Like, if you were like, hey, I'd be like, whatever, I'm in a crosswalk. And you'd be like, then you'd go to Twitter and be like, Johnny Cuff, cocky. Yeah, and then I'd put on my sports goggles, and then I'd be all up in your face. Yeah, you should, like, like Dennis Rodman style. I mean, that's the benefit of sport goggles. Yeah, well, if you saw any of my basketball skills, you would know that that would never happen. Yeah, I'm horrible now. Like, I've become the 37-year-old guy that Team Me used to make fun of, like, at the gym. Yeah, at least you were able to make fun of the 37-year-olds. I couldn't when I was 16. That's how bad I was. No, no, I wasn't good then. I just was better than now. Like, I haven't stayed at the same level of awful, like... Every trap, every rock bottom has a trap door. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I found it. No, I was the kid that played for like 12 seconds at the end of every game and the whole crowd cheered that hopefully he'll get a basket. Well, I was the guy they would say, you know, you're really good at defense, so don't touch the ball. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're bad at ball. You know what you're not good with? The ball. Like, oh, well, it's pretty, it's an integral part of the game. That's too bad. You're part of the basket part and guarding it. But the ball part, that is not your friend, Eric. Yeah, they would have me set up a lot of picks. So basically they were saying, run around, stop, and then don't move. Take a fall. Yeah, totally. Hey, John, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Well, this was fun, man. I appreciate you doing it. All right, there he was. John Acuff on the Church Mag Podcast. How awesome was that, guys? Pretty awesome. Not going to lie, I'm a little bit more inspired. Naturally, because we had John's attention, we went ahead and decided, let's ask him the five questions. So let's take a listen to that. On this very special Church Mag Podcast, our five questions are with, of course, John Acuff. Hey, thanks for having me, Eric. I'm looking forward to it. All right, first question. Where do you keep your smartphone at night? Uh, It's usually by my bed. Like, I don't have a safe or, like, a drawer I keep it in. So, I'd say, unless I forgot, it's by my bed, because it's, it's usually my alarm, too. Question number two. Name your three most favorite blogs. Probably, uh, let's say Michael Hyatt's. Trying to think of another one. It's not really a blog. I really like the meta picture because it's just funny photos. And most most fo- funny photo sites always get into like kind of like also like and pretty girls. And this one doesn't. So I appreciate that. Like I'm not saying it's like safe for the whole family, but it's it's a uh, you know it's not. I don't feel like I have to go. Oh, I can't look at that image. Like I would say ninety nine percent. And then maybe like Seth Godin's. I still I still read that. Oh yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, old school. All right, question number three. What's your favorite social network? Twitter, definitely. I mean, I think if you, I wonder if the question is what's your most used and then what's your favorite. Like, are they different? And I think for me, I don't know, for me, I do think that I use it the most. I I definitely use Twitter the most of all. And I think it's how I think, you know, like short bursts. Um, I'm not great at Facebook. Um, Pinterest I find fun because of the imagery of it, but you know my stuff. I'm not a huge visual guy. Like, I'm more of a writer. So, yeah, I got to say, I got to say Twitter, definitely. All right, question number four. When you were a kid, what did you want to grow up to be? I knew I wanted to be a writer. Yeah, I I really knew that there was, you know, a chance that I was going to, like, not maybe that there's a chance that it was going to happen, because I don't think you ever think it's it's going to happen. But I I just was like, you know what? I think the, 
the writing side of life is interesting to me. I want to, I want to try that. And so that's what I ended up, that's what I ended up doing. All right. The fifth and final question. What is your biggest church communication pet peeve? Huh? Um, that's an interesting one. Church communication pet peeve. I guess there's a couple. I think that maybe my overall is when we ask other people to learn our language. I think that, you know, I, I saw a church billboard, you know, a couple months ago and it said, uh, this week's sermon, um, what was, I don't even know the word. What's the, uh, hominutics. That was like this week's sermon. What's the deal with hominutics? And I was like, nobody, nobody, like no regular average church person is like, you know what keeps me from Jesus? Like no, no regular average non-church person is like, you know what keeps me from Jesus? Hominutics. Isn't that what you put on a pita? Yeah, it's exactly. That's like, you don't know. And so the idea of like, you know, we'll address that issue. I just feel like that's the church talking to the church, talking to the church. And I think even if you want to, I'm not saying don't preach about that. I'm just saying, you know, on the sign, at least put it in a way people driving by because hopefully you look at the sign and go, the sign is for people that don't currently attend because people that regularly attend, hopefully you don't need a sign, you know, like regular attendees aren't like, ah, we'll see about next week. Let's see what the sign is. Yeah. It's not like they're circling the building, looking for the sign. Well, are we going to go to church this Sunday? I don't know. Let's read the sign. Uh... Yeah. So that's the one that for me, I was just like, wow, that is bizarre. Um, and, and I just think misses. And I think we miss, we miss the chance to connect with people when we, you know, talk that way. So maybe that, cause I don't even have like today on stuff. Christians like it was, I just posted a photo. I drove by a church and they had a, um, a sign up that said, uh, it was for hunger games and it said hunger games. We have the bread of life. And like, I want, I think that's funny, but you know what? That could just be them being ironic. Like that could be that they have a kind of witty youth minister. Who's like, Oh, this is hilarious. And I don't, you know, like I can respect that. Like, and even, you know what, even if they're not trying to be funny, like, I feel like they tried. Like, is it the best thing? Yeah, maybe not. But at least it's not like you're not referencing Harry Potter. Like, so I, I tweeted about that, but I would never like, I don't, I don't you know, mean to criticize that. Um, I thought that was funny. So to me, the, the worst one is when we use language that nobody else would understand or say things that only we would understand. And we want other people to bend their their conversation to us. John Acuff, thanks for being on Church Mag's Five Questions. Thanks for having me. All right, there it is. John Acuff, the epic interview, the highly anticipated interview, and the five questions with John Acuff. Guys, you listen to the interview What'd you think? I thought the whole thing was great. I listened to about the like the last half on my drive home from Pennsylvania yesterday, and his church communication pet peeves, and he was talking about how we uh, we expect folks to know our language and, and bend the, the conversation our way, and he started going into not not a rant because he wasn't being mean or anything at all, uh, but he started going. You can tell he's passionate on that topic. He starts talking about it and going on, and for closing comments, it went on for a few minutes. And it was just, it was fantastic. Like he really has a lot to say on that, on that issue. And I'm not sure what his plans are for the future. I'm not sure if, if he quite knows what he's, he's got going on, but that might be definitely an area he needs to look into 
speaking into the, the church communication uh, culture about how to do it right and how to do it with intentionality, but also with grace and humility. Yeah, you know, there's a lot more behind those 300-word blog posts or image posts or funny tweets. It's it's not just fun and games, and you can definitely tell there's there's a lot of depth there. I think for me, the biggest thing was that as much as I've been doing blogging and social media stuff, it's all been on my own. And so he just constantly was talking about how his wife was not only a participant, but an active participant in the process to the point where she was giving him tweets or saying, no, you should edit it this way. And just to say that really they partnered on a lot of these books. I think for me, that was a big point in just my own process and how I do a lot of things. And so just to see that cooperation where uh, he talks about this, even in his book start, where you have to get people on board and excited. And so if that's your spouse to be able to sell that to them in the sense of letting them see your own passion of this. And for me, it's one thing to read it in a book and say, okay, that's a great idea. Another thing to see behind the scenes when you're talking to him with the, the interview and the five questions, just to see how active and, and instrumental that is in his process. It was inspiring. It takes a certain amount of humility, or maybe you get the wrong idea when you see, when you see people, you know, uh, publishing blog posts and books and and these different things you think that it's just all them or all on their own and at the time of the interview i was starting to kind of think about how i needed to i need more help i needed to be able to bounce ideas off of off of my wife as well so to hear that he does the same exact i mean come on if it's good enough for john acuff it's good enough for me (laughs) well like i was just talking to my wife about this actually a little while ago she's just got a great way to hear what I'm saying and point out the unnecessary garbage. They can cut that out, get to the heart of the matter, you know, don't don't waste your time on these stupid words here. Use the ones that mean the most. Some of the best sermons I've preached or classes I've taught have been because she spoke in the process. Um, I, and I, I, husbands who don't, and I, I'm not great at this, I'm learning how to do this more. Husbands who don't rely on their wives to help them communicate to the world are missing out. Wives are almost inherently better communicators than husbands. I found the same exact same thing, Phil. My wife will look at like a blog post. Like if there's a blog post that I'm not, I'm not really sure on or it's controversial or, or I just really feel like I need another set of eyes to look over it. She'll look at it, she'll read it, and she can make edits. And she's like, I don't, you're not really, really very clear here, Eric, but I think I know what you mean. Do you mean this? And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I mean, because she know, she knows me. She knows what I'm thinking. And so you're absolutely right, Phil. And I've heard it said before, you know, old gentleman preachers, you know, saying, you know, behind every great, every good man is a great woman or, you know, different quotes like that. And that is so true. I mean, it's easy to have a cliche in a quote, but to live it out. I mean, that's where it's at. I heard that quote, too. Behind every great man is a, is a, is a even better woman rolling her eyes, <laughs> which sometimes is very true. And, and well, I mean, look at the jokes that we sometimes crack. Phil, I mean, someone's got to roll their eyes. Oh, totally. I, I don't know about you guys, but I've got to learn more and more to, like, it, it, part, of, part of it, too, I think, is for guys, is it's learning how to be the priest of your home in a certain way. So if I'm learning things um, about God that, that I need to share with my wife, then sharing it with her, not only is it, is it bring us closer together, not only does it help her, but it helps me clarify the idea and, and it it's makes ministry outflow naturally from our home. I feel like the, as far as interacting with your wife, they, they can take something that you have and go from good to great and to get rid of the unnecessary 
parts of it and to clarify maybe some misguidings that you have and just to be able to present something that's amazing as opposed to something that's just a good idea. Exactly. If, if two can become one in a relationship, then two can become one in, in communication and in idea exchange. And I think it's what makes it goes from good to great, like you said. I would say the thing that really struck me other than that which obviously really struck a nerve with all of us, was when he said it wasn't on the merit of him being awesome, but on the merit of being in relationship with people that believed in him. And when, when he said that, that just resonated mm-hmm. so much with yes. me because that's exactly what has happened to me. I mean, the only reason why I'm here doing this and is because there were people that I was in relationship with that believed in me. That's the catalyst. That's the only reason why. And understanding that also enables you and gives you the power to to do it with other people too, to believe in somebody else. And I think that that was probably his entire message of the press, the start book. So I would, for those that got that part of the message in, in the interview, go read that book because that's exactly what he's talking about. You heard it right here. Jeremy Smith says, start with start. <laughs> start with start. We're saying it at the end of the Church Mag podcast. Guys, I guess we'll do this again sometime, huh? Let's do it. Definitely. Unfortunately, I forgot my microphone at home, so... Hey, you know, it's all good because so did Phil. It's all in to make Johnny Cuff sound that much better. That's exactly right. Did you have any more other questions, Jeremy? What did you... Th- well, no, I, I don't want to ask you guys what you thought about it. I want you to save your first breaths for when we were... Okay. <laughs> the Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted by Buzzsprout.com. This is a Church Mag production. That's the whole podcast?